0: For very, very different reasons. Out in the West, the Suns are rolling. And in the East, the Hawks are for real? For real? Like, for really, really? Very real. Uh, we also look around the league and find that Alex Caruso, the GOAT, has been arrested. Uh, Kyle Kuzma has might be on the move. And the Pacers and the Celtics have brand new coaches. So we're going to dig into all that. But beforehand, let's drop the beat. <laughs> finals are here. We could not have three better games, Marty, to start things off. Let's start in the West, where Marty's Jeff. Phoenix Suns have won their ninth.
1: Ninth in a row. Going for 10 tonight.
0: consecutive game in a row. Tonight, I will have Phoenix minus one and a half. I don't want to mush it, but I feel like that's a lock with Chris Paul coming back.
1: I like it. It's a bet on Monty Williams, basically, because this is a classic letdown spot, especially with CP coming back and there may be problems and there's, of course, the factor... That the Clippers have come back from two zero twice already in the playoffs, but just Monty's been great at this all year. I I, I can't bet on it because I don't. I just can't bring myself to bet a Suns playoff game, but I like I like Suns tonight.
0: So do I. It is like the entire first round was trash, and then we all all of a sudden in the second round, and now in the conference finals, just have like really, really, really exciting basketball. Like the first round was awful. And yeah. now it's, it's amazing hoops, like amazing fo- hoops. Sun's Clippers had pretty much every single thing you could want in a game. Tight back and forth, lots of fireworks, bodies on the floor, bodies. Oh yeah. Paul George, <laughs> Paul George reverting to Paul George form. I mean, DeAndre Ayton emerges as a superstar. Both those two things together for me. Great. I like Paul. I'm so bad. I like Paul George failing. I think it's more fun for the league when Paul George fails than when he succeeds. It's just more funny.
1: It was very. It was very funny. And he's for, been playing well in the series. That's yeah. the other funny part. If you're looking for but,
0: comedy, Paul George missing two free throws down the stretch is funny. It is. It is. it's like ah there you are. We found you. I mean if he'd
1: just made one, it would have gone OT.
0: Yeah, it would have gone OT. Yeah. It's like when that chick uh in Wedding Crash- Crashers is like, "I'll find you." And then of course we get the pass earlier in the in the season, earlier in the playoffs and now we have the Valley oop. Woo. All right. So, let's kind of go into it. First, I want to get your thoughts all the way through this this like sort of sequence. Okay final 90 seconds of game two took 33 right. yeah. minutes of real time.
1: Yeah. I don't know if you could quite call it a sequence. If yeah. It, yeah.
0: yeah, exactly. <laughs> the last 9.2 seconds took 22 minutes. So if you're a casual NBA fan, you're like, this is fucking awful. Like, what am I doing here? It's late. This is in the West Coast. Like, what is happening? Oh, yeah.
1: If you're casual, you're tuning out in two seconds.
0: Two yeah. seconds. Five buckets, five reviews. Uh, also, Scott Foster. If you're, are you? Do you believe me now? Do you believe me? Are you starting to come around to my point? I, mean, I was
1: never against the idea that Scott Foster is trash.
0: He's he's up to some tomfoolery. Yeah. I think the only thing for sure I can say is that when you see Scott Foster is refereeing a basketball game in the playoffs, bet the under. Just bet the under <laughs> every single time. Like and and max bet the under because it's that certain. It's not a a hot take to say that it appears that the refs did everything that they could to get the Clippers to win that game. Because that's how it felt to me. And I'm not a Suns fan like you.
1: Uh it, it seemed a little like that. But the funny thing is, like, everyone, everyone who's a Clippers fan and Clippers Twitter all are convinced that I mean, it was all... Come on, man, for the Suns to win. And I, no, I just don't she, really. No yeah, no, I just no way. I don't know. Some of the calls like that, uh, that Booker offensive foul that it was a little weird. They stopped the play.
0: First of all, Devin Booker had three offensive fouls. They should have been zero.
1: the one I actually sort of agreed with at the very end, the one that we're talking about was being reviewed, but it was weird that they like Patrick Beverly. Yeah. But it was weird that they like stopped the play without even calling a foul and all that. Yeah. It was just strange. And then that out of bounds call on Pat Beverly, they actually called a similar thing. I think it involved Pat Beverly against LeBron on Christmas this year where it's just, okay, he, it may have gone off his booker's fingers, but like Beverly hit it out. Yeah. I think we should change that rule. I think so too.
0: So I'm not going to refresh the conspiracy theories again about like how Chris Paul zero for 11 in his last games that Foster's ref in the playoffs and suspiciously wasn't playing in games one and game two. But the league is doing itself zero favors when they put Scott Foster in these situations, because like they always seem to be suspicious and they always seem to have them attached to them. And the league just needs to say, listen, Scott, like we love you and all, but you can't be a part of these games. Like You just can't. I mean,
1: if I suck at my job here, I'm going to get fired. Absolutely,
0: (laughs) and like, if you have come up short in huge moments to the point where you have tarnished the league or tarnished this company as a result of your performance, they're not going to put you in the biggest moments in the brightest spots. Like, fuck no, you're going to go over there to whatever. Like, cut some random Snapchat stories. Like, okay, Uh, it felt like a hundred percent. This was steal it before CP three gets back. Oh yeah. No <laughs> first long reviews, overturn of calls. Uh, but man, so that over that review or that, that uh, overturning, like you said, where Pat Beverly mm-hmm. hit it off of Devin Booker. And then all of a sudden now, instead of the sun's having the ball, Clippers have the ball. They're up one with 8.2 seconds left. Paul George is on the free throw line. PG had just hit a long three with 22 seconds left. 90% free throw shooter. Suns, ice cold right at that moment. I texted Marty. Rutrow. It was something to that effect. Like, oh no, (laughs) this is so bad. Or like, wow. And Marty's response was the most confident. Almost like I thought you were minutes ahead of me. It, like, I was like, am I on really bad delay? Because you were like, we're still going to win. Yep. And it was just like, oh, OK.
1: I just had a weird feeling. I don't know. I don't know what it is about it. I mean, I also stay <coughs> remarkably optimistic throughout the course of a game. So I'm the opposite. It's probably that. But yeah,
0: I'm the exact opposite. And of course, all I wanted to say is like, you are tripping, tripping, you know. But I was like, you know, what? positive vibes only for Marty. Like, I'm a pseudo Suns fan now. The Blazers are out. Positive vibes only. And then Paul Clifton George missed them fucking both.
1: Badly, too.
0: Badly. When you saw that, what were you thinking?
1: Uh, I mean, I was just going nuts with the fact that he missed. But like, I, I, I was just praying for obviously in that situation, you just wanted to miss one. You don't even get to the point in your head where you're thinking missed two. And then when he did, I'm just then it's like, OK, like we're a Devin Booker jump shot away from winning now. Like, OK,
0: like, yeah. Yeah, I mean to me it was like, oh no PG. Worst case scenario for PG. Suns get the ball plenty of time. They get to call a timeout, set up a play, get a snazzy two two pass sequence to Mikhail Bridges for an open corner three and then clank. And then all of a sudden now there is a
1: another out of bounds call.
0: Another out of bounds call. Which I was worried about this one actually yeah, and a lot. like what's going to happen with this? Is it going to just be nothing? And now Monty Williams has has a chance to just call something up. 0. 0.9 seconds. We know the ball is going to Aiton. That's the only thing that can happen. It's That's not, what I was thinking. Yeah. No way that Devin Booker has enough time to get a jumper, and you know that they're going to probably swarm him. So Devin Booker is the decoy. That's the screen that he sets on Zubac, like a grown ass man making Zubac his bitch, which people thought was like illegal. I think to a degree, they thought there was something up with
1: that. People thought that Aiton like tugged his jersey a little bit, which. Whatever. That, that happens every single play it happens up. every like. single time.
0: And then Jay Crowder with the pass of the century over DeMarcus Cousins at an angle at a weird spot on the floor, like almost impossible.
1: It was like that far from the backboard. Yeah. Like the the, the window that he had to fit that in was so small. It was
0: tight. And for DeAndre then to go up alley-oop it, dunk took 0.2 seconds. Fucking insane.
1: That was the most cathartic sports watching moment i think i've ever had cuz i mean it, i've talked about it before but i mean we, we drafted him 3 years ago over luca it's been highly criticized he's been highly criticized for it uh the big things that we get on him for is that he's not aggressive he doesn't dunk he's not he doesn't assert himself in big moments and that he just, it was like th- 3 years of just basketball like existential just dread like left my body in one instance it was
0: it was, it was complete, like, euf- it was complete euphoria. Now. It was
1: complete euphoria. Yeah, I, I, I think I just said out loud, like, you were the right pick. Like, and it felt really fucking good. <laughs>
0: and it's like this. Yeah. This is the reason. And yeah. truthfully, the Phoenix Suns would be in a very different spot if they didn't have a big man like DeAndre Ayton. This offense would not run the same. We talk about Mikel Bridges being a, a massively undervalued trade. Amazing trade. But... DeAndre Ayton at number one, finally coming to fruition in a way where these other guys are, besides Trey, like Luka's not in the playoffs anymore. And you don't need another guard. You had Devin Booker. Ayton was the right pick. Takes centers a long time to develop. And holy shit, I'm telling you, he's going to be a top three big, especially two way big, 70% from the, from, from field goal or field goal percentage all the way through the playoffs. Like, I put some respect on his name.
1: Absolutely, I think there's an argument that he's the second best, like pure five. Yeah, yeah.
0: Who's number one in your mind? Embiid. Yeah, Embiid. Yeah, absolutely. But
1: well, Jokic is there. Never mind. Never mind. I'm not. I'm not trying to approach that. But
0: yeah, I would say he's top three, and I would say at some point, depending on Jokic or um, Embiid's health, he he might end up being two very soon, like in the next three to five years. And now we get tonight or. Yesterday, depending (laughs) on how you want to look at it, because the episode is coming out tomorrow morning. Uh, We've got Masked Booker tonight. Yep. Which Kobe was masked. Braun was masked. Kawhi was masked. I am very much looking forward to Kobe reignited (laughs) to another level with a mask on. I hope it's purple. Hope it's fucking purple.
1: Didn't they get mad at LeBron for wearing a black one, though, a few years ago?
0: Yeah, but somebody else did, too. I think Kawhi... Somebody else... worked. Right,
1: yeah, k- let's hope look. it's weird. I yeah. want it to
0: be purple. Yeah. Or, like, purple and yellow or gold or whatever. Yeah. Suns keep rising. I am here for it. I have Suns winning by uh, seven Ooh. tonight. You know, because of all the free throws and shit. <laughs> Man. The Hawks had to have been one of the most slept-on teams coming into this game. They were eight-and-a-half points underdogs at the opening line. I mean, when you saw that, were you feasting, Marty? Uh, I was feasting.
1: (laughs) A little bit, yeah.
0: I mean, Milwaukee is great at home, as we know. But Atlanta has won two consecutive first games in the playoffs so far. And Trey Young, his confidence is only... Rising.
1: Yeah, no, when I saw it at eight and a half, I was just like, how? How? Who's making it this? Was, yeah.
0: It was lock. It was lock city. Yeah. I had eight and a half, and then I had the money line. I was like, I feel nice. so good about this. I feel really, really good about eight and a half. Well, I feel really, really good about the money line, and I feel like this is a no, no-brainer no situation at eight and a half.
1: I took eight and a half, and I took John Collins over 24 and a half points, rebounds, assist, and that was over quickly as well. Yeah,
0: so. yeah. Yeah, and Trey Young, what a day. Bucks opened at minus 500 to advance to the finals. Oof. I think the main thing, because I don't want to break everything down, but like the main point or main moment that stuck out to me was that shimmy. Like uh, Trey Young, yeah. Young just absolutely cooking everyone cooking Drew, and I know what that was. Obviously, it was like Drew trying to cheat over the screen, and then all of a sudden, he crosses back. So disrespectful. But why the fuck? So much time he had. Seconds of time to just stand there, shimmy it off, shake off the rust, and shoot a three. What are these dudes doing? Why are they not coming up to defend Trey Young?
1: He should not have had time to do that and get the shot off clean. (laughs) (laughs) Giannis
0: apparently pissed. He said he got on his team at a dead ball and was like, what are we doing? Like, we're supposed to be shutting this Trey Young guy down. He has 48 points on us. Like, he's not only shooting threes. And he was cold. I had a lot of, like, I think he was, what, three, four for 13 from three? So he wasn't even fantastic. But he was getting (laughs) floaters. He was doing all kinds of shit. And they gave him anything he wanted. If he had two more threes, this game's a blowout. Like, (laughs) Hawk shot twenty five percent from three, missing open looks everywhere. No way they continue to do that, right? Like they're gonna get hot. At yeah, some they're point. not
1: gonna. The, yeah, you know they're not gonna continue to shoot that low. He was bricking a lot of thirty footers though, he which is was. Was weird. I mean, like, like he obviously had forty eight. He had a great game. We're not gonna take away from it, but
0: yeah, yeah. Bogdanovich one for six. Kavon Herder one for one for six from three as well. Um, I also have a new conspiracy I'd like to talk about. Okay. Fence arena. What's going on there? Have you noticed that there's something on the rims where uh, the visiting visiting team just seems to have a hard time <laughs> making threes? Like have you I would have noticed? To look
1: at, I would have to look at stats. I mean, is it bad?
0: Don't don't worry about it. I've yeah. got you. Teams with a plethora of sharpshooters: uh, Nets, Hawks, Heat, all ice cold in Milwaukee. Open looks, clank clank. Not even getting highly defended. Where the crowd is getting into it. Nets shot. 28% in Milwaukee from three. Hawk shot 25% last night from three. Brooklyn, 40% from three all year. Atlanta, 37% from three all year net shot better than their season average at home against the bucks in the playoffs at 41%. So this is not a defense thing. <laughs> this is a FinServe arena thing. This is like when you go to March madness, right? And it's like the elite eight final four and they have it inside of like a football stadium. Yeah. And then the optics of it all are fucked up. Depth perception. Debt yeah, perception changes and you're like sunken in and all of a sudden you have a hard time making threes. That there's or maybe it's the humidity. Maybe it's like Lake Michigan. Is it like Michigan? Well, yeah, Lake Michigan. Yeah. Yep. Like the mountain effect on a golf course. Mm. There's something going on there. Just keep <laughs> an eye tomorrow. Humidity, there's something. Because these teams should not be missing as much as they are. And I'm like, what the fuck? It's something to watch out for. Something to watch out for. Also, another piece of news. If you would have bet early on the Hawks to get to the finals, at one point you could have gotten it for twelve thousand plus 12500 to okay. get to, into the finals. Yeah. 125 to 1? One? <laughs> one guy, I guess, put 101, 100 to 1 and also 40 to 1. So if the Hawks make it to the finals, this guy makes like $1.2 million.
1: They just have to make it.
0: They don't oh, have to win it all.
1: What a ticket. Man. What a
0: fucking ticket. It's looking good for him. I'm rooting for him.
1: You've got you've to hedge a little bit there. If you're going to make a million, got to hedge a little bit.
0: Yeah, what do you think he's hedged with?
1: I don't know. It would have to present itself.
0: <sighs> I know. I mean, maybe he's just a huge Hawks fan. Yeah, maybe. I mean, you can't just put up that much money. You just rock it. I mean, that's not responsible. That's not responsible gambling. No, it's I not. I just bet the Suns and and the and the uh, Hawks to both go to the finals. Plus 250 on the Suns, plus 650 on the Hawks. I know one of them will hit. I know one of them will hit. Uh, looking forward, I think more of the same. The one thing that I think is weird is like, people haven't watched the Hawks all year. They haven't, for some reason, their test uh, or their scouting report on the Hawks is wrong. Like, I was talking to a friend who's a Milwaukee Bucks fan. He's like, oh, I'm not worried. Vegas isn't worried. I'm not worried. Like, you know, this is a one dimensional team. Like the Hawks aren't a one dimensional team. No. Nah. What do you mean? Like they might be one of the most balanced teams in the NBA. They hit threes. They hit mid range floaters. They hit mid range runners. They slash, they kick out, they throw lobs. Like what does this team not do?
1: Yeah. And Collins is good for like one or two, like offensive rebound, putbacks a game as well. So, 100%. Yeah. No, they've No, got a lot of ways to score for sure.
0: Tons of weapons tons of weapons and then he was like oh well this tra- this team goes as far as Trey goes well Trey Young if I had to remember and remind him uh, he was 2 for 11 from 3 5 for 23 overall in game 7 um, who won that game again <laughs> Hawks won that game uh, also game 4 Trey was 3 for 11 from 3 8 for 26 from the fields 18 assists dub doesn't matter Trey Young can... That's tra- also
1: just a dumb thing, though. Yeah, you're going to live and die by your best player. I mean, that's going to happen, but, like...
0: That's like yeah. being, like, you know, if Chris Paul and Devin Booker don't have good games <laughs> and sons are going to be fucking trash. Yeah, like, it'll, yes, yeah,
1: yeah it'll be tough. <laughs> you know, it
0: will be tough to win if our number one scoring option doesn't score. But Trey Young with, like, damn near 20 assists? God damn. Um, but, yeah, I think, like, people haven't been watching because the Hawks weren't good all year. They were, like one of these surprise teams because of the change in Nate McMillan. And that one point they were like 12th in the East. I remember it being like, yikes. We were not thinking things were going to be good. So, yeah, don't sleep on this roster. Uh, Prediction time. I have Hawks in seven. Yeah, I just, I think that they are, you know, it's weird. Like, as as a side road, Giannis is such a different human when he's at Fincer versus anywhere else. Yeah. Like he is so much more aggressive at home. Not to say that this doesn't counter like isn't a counter to my thought that the Hawks would win at home or win win on the road in seven. But like Giannis it could be it could be Hawks in six. I don't know. Because Giannis looks like a whole other vibe mentally when he's on the road and people aren't aren't cheering for him. I'm excited for it. I'm excited for it. Do you notice that though? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of pieces of news. Let's move on. One I must discuss in detail. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Brad Stevens, brand new GM, hires Imei Yudoka. Great pick. Everybody knows he's a good pick. I think he's like one of the sleeper head coaching candidates that should have gotten look for looks for a while now. Um, I like it a lot. Me too. And then our favorite ESPN analyst, Jay Williams, comes out of the box <laughs> with a tweet uh, congratulating Imei Yudoka. And he says... My Lord, man, I tell you what, the first head coach of color for the Boston Celtics brown fist emoji with the not with the fingers out and uh, even dot 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 ampersand. This is important dot 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 ampersand. Even more importantly, ellipses again. He is one talented dude who has paid his dues. Three dark. I guess medium skin, dark clapping emojis. Um, <laughs> Jay Williams, uh, he, he's not even close to the first coach of color at all. Like you've got M.L. Carr, Bill Russell, Casey Jones, Doc Rivers, all coaches of color. Tough, tough look for Jay Williams. Yeah. No. Um, so did he come clean?
1: No, say? no he did not.
0: Say, hey, that was really bad tweet. I wasn't even thinking. I just have been thinking about Brad Stevens for so long. No, no. Here's what he did. Like a couple of hours later, he let it sit for hours, which was wild, right? Like this tweet was out there for like 120 minutes, which is a long time in Twitter land. Like they screen cap your tweets in 45 seconds at this company. This is what he says. As it relates to the Boston Celtics tweet that came from my account a couple of hours ago, dot, dot, dot. I did not post that ampersand. My passcode <laughs> has now been changed. Same ellipses and the ampersand. So the hacker, according to Jay Williams, uses the exact same type of context and uh, symbols in his tweets as Jay Williams, <laughs> which is, <laughs> you know, very, very good hacking. Big Cat tweeted, oh, my God, he actually went this route. Incredible. Um, And then Twitter gets involved like Twitter does, which I thought was actually the best part. God, they were funny. Did you read some of them?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, it was going wild.
0: One of them was like, dude, I finally hacked into a celebrity's Twitter. Holy shit, dude. What are you going to do first? Congratulate the Celtics (laughs) new coach inaccurately. (laughs) It will be hysterical. (laughs) Trust me. (laughs) And then I'm going to immediately delete it after tweeting it. But why would you dude? I know what I'm doing. (laughs) But like you'll send another tweet, right? Nah, why would I? Uh, I guess you do you. (laughs) Another thread. Hey, everyone, I want to just say that I did this. I dedicated the last three years of my life to hacking Jay Williams' Twitter account just so that I could post one embarrassingly wrong tweet from his account about the coaching history of the Boston Celtics. I appreciate. And then the guy responds. I appreciate that you made it embarrassingly wrong, but then you didn't go too far over the top to make sure that people would disbelieve the hacking (laughs) explanation, which, of course, is completely true. Really threaded the needle there. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate a hacker with class hacked it, made a congratulatory tweet and then logged out a true gentleman in hacking. Very considerate of you to spend all that time hacking, but leaving his password the same so that he could get back in and change it. Hmm. See you in another three years. You have work to do. Man. So I guess, to me, the only person besides Jay Williams responsible for this tweet, they say that murder and love rarely happen between strangers. I think the same thing could happen for Twitter hacking, and I would say the only one Twitter hacker exists that would make sense. Very close to Jay Will. As J. Will has said, like they are friends for a long time, uh, has a longstanding grudge with J. Will is active and knowledgeable about Twitter and how it works, has fallen victim to the platform once before, has a very singular goal as it relates. It relates to J. Williams. His only goal is to destroy J. Williams, reputation <laughs> in very small, very minute, subtle, minor ways eroding the people's confidence about his credibility about the game of basketball. <laughs> it's Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant hacked into Jay Williams's Twitter. He probably asked him for his passcode and Jay Williams just gave it to him.
1: That would be the best. If the, if that's actually what happened, that would be so fucking funny.
0: <laughs> Genius move. And Kevin Durant would be the one to study like how he tweets, like using his types of emojis. To oh, he color. would do it right. He yeah. would do it right for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> oh, my God. Yep. So anyway, uh, another coaching hire was the Indiana Pacers. Poor Nate Bjorkren smeared. Cost him his job. The rumored favorite was Terry Stotts. But instead, who we got was Rick Carlisle. Rick Carlisle. Things are strange. Things are very, very strange with this hire. Back to Indy. Back to Indy. What did they say? There was like things that were relevant in 2006 and are now relevant again in 2021. And the first one was uh, it was Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez and now Rick Carlisle in the Pacers. They signed him four years, $29 million, And now he gets to keep the $14 million from Dallas, too. Uh, I thought that was odd that Dallas would allow someone who quit his job with two years left and gets to keep fourteen million dollars. To me that's like slightly strange. A little bizarre. Um, you know. <laughs> Tim McMahon said Mark Cuban does not want to complicate Carlisle's quest for a new opportunity. Something strange. Like mm, Mark Cuban's not like the most generous guy in the world <laughs> in terms of like keeping keeping allowing guys to keep money. So I think something's going on there. What do you think's going on there? Uh,
1: honestly, like, I don't, I don't know. This is my first time really thinking about it. I mean, there could be a lot of stuff. I'm not really sure.
0: So I did a little searching. I thought at first that meant that there was some stink on Dallas, which there probably still is stink on Dallas, meaning they're not going to fuck with Rick Carlisle because Rick Carlisle knows too much. But I texted my friend. I was like, hey, what's up with Dallas? What's up with Rick Carlisle? And the response was, he never quit. Dallas fired him. Yep. Yep. And they're just protecting him, being like, oh, yeah, he totally left on his own. So interesting, interesting, interesting. The only thing that I have to say is, like, what's happening with Luca? Luca's now got to sign a $201 million Supermax extension five years. He said he was going to do it at the end of the season. And now, nothing. <laughs> chirp, 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 chirp.
1: I, I still expect him to sign, but that is bizarre.
0: He said he was upset about Donnie Nelson being fired. He's known him since he was a kid, and it was Nelson who ended up being the one responsible for drafting him. Uh, I don't make the decisions, he said, in a way that can be seen as either truthful or ominous. I don't know. The longer, though, that he goes without signing, the more suspicious and nervous I think everyone will get. Yes? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Um, Tuesday night maybe one of the most boring nba related shows of all time the nba draft <laughs> lottery yes
1: yeah no i mean it's i mean it's never really that awesome it's just it, it, when your team's in it it's the most stressful thing in the entire universe i'll tell you that much but yeah no just this is my first time watching it like without like an active you know rooting interest and yeah pretty boring
0: i miss the ping pong balls
1: it's better when they're all there in the same room too
0: it was weird I I mean, I miss Patrick Ewing, like hovering over that 1950s bingo machine, waiting for this orange ball to declare that once again, the Sacramento Kings are getting the lottery pick with David Stern and conspiracy theories and these frozen envelopes and like crowd. Anybody booing every time the Knicks ever their Knicks name is ever mentioned. But we've got instead we've got like envelopes and like Mark Tatum. Mark Tatum is maybe the boringest guy. <laughs> To ever announce names. He said it like I was like, is this from prior years? I thought I thought it was like highlights of the NBA draft lottery, the way that they just (laughs) rushed through it.
1: Yeah. I mean,
0: it just was like, boom, 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 boom.
1: Yeah. Well, that's how the first like 10 picks typically go. They do that really quickly. And then they drag out the final four final. It's final four now. But uh Yeah, no, I think Mark Tatum seems like a nice guy, actually. He is
0: a nice guy. That does not mean he's electric on the mic. You can be really nice. I've met him. Very nice guy. I have nothing bad to say about the NBA or Mark Tatum. However, I have an idea. I'm planning on calling the NBA league office and saying I have someone who would be much better. And his name is Dave Portnoy. I would be I think good at it. Dave would be incredible reading off the names. It could be an event. Hmm. It would be sold. I don't know who would want to advertise with that, but I bet it would be a lot of people. Like, could you imagine the NBA hiring Dave and and like you've got former and current players sitting in those leather chairs waiting for him to announce in an envelope? And he's just trolling about how, like, you tanked all year long and you thought you were getting the number two pick and you're actually getting the number 14 pick. And, like, imagine it's like Dan in Chicago getting 14. (laughs) Like, could you imagine?
1: It would set NBA Twitter on fire. It would.
0: And then you'd have him, like, taking shots at LeBron James when the Lakers aren't anywhere near the lottery at all. He probably had, like, seven LeBron ricochet shots about how he was responsible for whoever not getting the number one spot. Like, or he comes out of the gate and he's just shit-talking potential players that are going to get drafted by that organization. Like, good luck with Cade Cunningham. He lost (laughs) me two and a half units and fucking (laughs) last year's Mark Madness. He's trash. He's god-awful. He stinks. That guy stinks. You better not take Cade Cunningham at one. Yeah,
1: you'd go after Cade. There's no doubt about that. No
0: joke. Speaking of which, I was asking this before we started recording. Like, do you think that that there exists in the NBA... A f- the face of a bust.
1: I do. I associate it more with uh, NFL players than NBA, though. Like, I, I can't think of an NBA guy that I've thought that about. I thought that about James
0: Wiseman because he looks kind of lost. Like he looks sort of like a deer in headlights. I've talked about that before. I think Cade has a face of a bust.
1: I like Cade. I think he's going to be really good. I
0: do. I like him as well, but I think he's got the face <laughs> of a bust. I'm not saying know. he will be. I'm just saying <laughs> that his face gives him bust vibes. I'm not saying that his play does. I'm not saying that anything else besides his face.
1: I can sort of see it. You I know can what sort I'm of, saying? I can sort of see it.
0: It's kind of like Marvin Bagley had the face of a bust. Do you see where I'm going with this? Where their eyes aren't fully, like there's no, you look at them, and it's almost like there's nothing. Like the lights are on and no one's home. And maybe it's <laughs> just nerves. I don't know, but I see a lot of videos of Cade, of and I'm like, Hello, <laughs> is this thing on? I don't know. He's uh, good luck. I don't know. I don't know. So here's the here's how the um numbers shook out. Number fourteen, Warriors. Thirteen, Pacers. Twelve, Spurs. Eleven, Hornets. Ten, Pelicans. Nine, Kings. Tough for the Kings. Yeah. Tough for the Kings. Magic eight, Warriors end up getting seven. Could be better. Could be worse. Of course. Uh, OKC gets six. Tough. Ma- ma- yeah, that's tough too. Magic gets five. Cannot believe the Raptors squeaked out four. That is fucking crazy. Yeah, that's they sick stole for them. That.
1: That's sick for them.
0: Also tough for the Pelicans. And all of a sudden,
1: they got Zion. They, they have Zion. They don't yeah. need it. But and I- the, the, they defied all odds to get Zion. They can
0: fuck off. Yeah. Cleveland Cavaliers at three. I swore there was they were going to be one. I knew. I, I just them. I hate them too. They suck. Rockets at two. At least it wasn't 17 for the Rockets. Like, there was a chance for them to have 17. Also, people very mad at me that I called the number two slot, like, the the dead zone of the draft.
1: I mean, (laughs) you still would rather be there than 17, no doubt about it. Uh, Yeah. I mean, there's there's been some classic busts at two, but that's not a reason to not want the two pick.
0: No, I mean, not in this draft, but tough. Pistons, god damn, thank god. Like, I love this for the Pistons.
1: Me too. They need it.
0: Troy Weaver, man, I swear, like, the Pistons won 20 games, but they were one of the best 20-game win- winning teams I've ever seen.
1: Yeah, no, they would have good nights, no doubt about it. Yeah, well, no, I've, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm bullish on the Pistons' future.
0: They had seven of those games that they won. Seven out of 20 of those games were against playoff teams. Mm-hmm. Boston twice, Phoenix once, Miami once, Philly once, Lakers once, Nets once. They can ball. They can ball. Troy Weaver is killing anyone who gambled on the Pistons knew they were double digit underdogs a lot. And that was like, I know we can't say free money, but it was like, kind of like free money. Um, <laughs> I know that's like not what I'm supposed to say. Uh, Weaver said that he, the thing that I thought was interesting is that Weaver said he values G league guys differently than he does college guys. Yeah. Rutrow. Rutrow. I don't know. I think there's a possibility that, that Pistons trade out of that spot.
1: You can't trade the number one pick. When was the last time that happened?
0: Isn't that I what happened? But like yeah. that was
1: but that was a weird situation with LeBron. Like, you don't trade the number one pick.
0: You shouldn't. But what do you think the chances are that they take Jalen Green at one? Slim. Slim? Yeah. You think they take Cade? I
1: think Cade's that good. Did yeah. you hear
0: that Cade said he's not going to work out for anyone but the Pistons? Fuck him. That's a bust face move. Nah, That's been, a bust De- face. DeAndre move. Aiden
1: pulled that move.
0: Yeah, but like I like Aiden. Aiden did not have a bust face. No, he had a great smiley, locked in, very engaged face. Very
1: old-looking face. <laughs> he looks very old.
0: I have a friend who looks like him. Other interesting tidbit is that the Cavs are looking to actively trade out of three. So I guess that means they just don't want Jalen Suggs. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they have too many guards. Yeah, Kobe Altman playing smart. I guess I think if they draft is being reported that they're going to take Mobley and then that means Jared Allen is on his way out. I don't hate that.
1: But Mobley could easily go second. He could easily yeah. go second. So what are you going to do? can plan there? on that. You yeah. can't
0: plan for Mobley. No. I mean, they're going to get fucked. I love that. I love that.
1: Yeah. No, it's a bad spot. It, I mean, pfft.
0: three is like the, the like, if you have two point guards on your team and you're drafting third, which is where the Cleveland Cavaliers are, you're fucked. You, lo-
1: you lose your options at that point. Yeah.
0: I guess they go get Jalen Green.
1: Yeah, but
0: who knows yeah, who he no, is?
1: No, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's tough to say that like they're fucked, but I mean, they also took a Coro, but uh, I, I mean, you're know. still I mean, you're
0: too many multiple um, pieces of the same. Yeah, like they just literally like the same guys over <laughs> and over. <laughs> also, Colin Sexton apparently wants max money and no one was is willing to do a tr- sign and trade for him. Some executive said he is a uh, Lou Williams off the bench at best. Yikes. That's maybe the most disrespectful thing. The number, what was he, five or six? He got picked up sixth. Yeah. Ugh. Uh, draft is Thursday, July 29th. We're going to do an episode that uh, before that, before it drops. Me and Mar, you're going to make some mock predictions. Uh, Marty, this is the first year that Marty doesn't give a fuck about the draft because his team is, has no relevance in sight. Mine doesn't really have any, we never have any picks. We traded our pick for Robert fucking Covington. So I don't care about the draft. You don't care about the draft. I'm still
1: going to get excited for it. We'll get
0: excited. We'll get excited. I'm excited for Jalen Suggs. I'm excited for Jalen Green. I'm not excited about, about Evan Mobley. I don't like big men. Mostly. We'll see. We'll We'll see. see. We'll see. Um lot popping around the league right now. Lakers in the news again. God damn Texas. Why do they do this? Like why? Why? I don't understand. Tuesday night, Texas AM University police arrested Alex Crusoe, which was technically on AM <laughs> property at the university the the airport uh
1: in college station.
0: In the college station airport. Uh And he ended up having to pay a cash bond of thirty five hundred fifty two dollars. <laughs> Why are university police trying to act like they're fucking federales over here? Like <laughs> this is Alex Caruso with some weed ground up in an herb grinder. Like, what are we fucking doing here?
1: I no, mean, you, you try to fly with that stuff. I mean, it's, it's risky business. You know, we all know that.
0: What he needed was someone like <laughs> me because he's still young. To let them know that there is a trick. It's called deodorant. You put it in. You put the weed inside of the stick of deodorant. Have you heard of this? No. No. It's so, okay. So you open. Here we go. Okay. So you unscrew the deodorant. Pull out the tube of the like the stick. And then you put the weed inside. And then you put the deodorant back in. One. The deodorant like removes all odor of weed. Right. And the x-ray. Nothing.
1: Yeah, I like that. Yeah. So now you know. If you're
0: ever flying with weed across state lines, Marty's going to Arizona soon, folks, which is definitely still federal crime. I think it's like... No, 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 no. no. It's legal there now. Is it? Yeah. So anyway, it used to be a (laughs) felony in Arizona for a long time, but now you know. Yeah. Now you know. Deodorant. That's the move. I don't know. Was Alex Caruso on campus at that point?
1: I don't really know what the deal was, but that's such a bad whether it was at the airport or not. That's such a bad look to get taken down by your campus police at age 27. (laughs) Like like if LSU PD got me, like if I was (laughs) just back there for like a game, that would be so embarrassing.
0: You're an NBA champion, 27 years old, rocking the headband back on campus, hanging out with the co-eds, smoking some weed in your herb grinder. The shit is sus. I tell you what, it's like ninth year senior type behavior, and this dude plays for the L.A. Lakers. I kind of like it. I do like it, but it's also kind of scuzzy. It's a scuzzy thing. It's summertime. You're in fucking Texas A&M campus. Summertime, twenty seven. After getting bounced out of the first round after the year before winning an NBA championship. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Apparently, in the state of Texas, possession of less than two ounces is a class B misdemeanor. The possession of the drug paraphernalia is a Class C misdemeanor. He can result in a fine of $500, but no jail time. Boy, boy, boy. (laughs) Uh, Second piece of Laker news, Kyle Kuzma removed Lakers from his IG profile. Man. Also, Mark Spears reports that Kyle Kuzma has been in this L.A. bubble. He's behind LeBron. He's ready for a new start and a bigger opportunity. He's only started 32 games this year. We had a fluff piece about him earlier where I was like, oh, he's embracing this role. Yeah. Role player, fell handy, blah, blah, blah. It was a lie. That was a lie. I got finessed. I got finessed. Kyle Kuzma's trash.
1: I've always thought he stinks.
0: He stinks. He's. It's all about him. I wanted to like him when he changed his hair from Cisco back to a grown man. I wanted to think he had changed things. He's not changed. He's all about Kyle.
1: Kuz. Yeah. Well, I, about him, what I always said, I was like, if he played in Sacramento, no one would know his name knowing yeah
0: <laughs> he is who Lou Williams said there are guys in the league right now that shouldn't be in the league that's Kyle Kuzma yeah. that's Kyle Kuzma he said there's guys overseas that should be in the NBA still but because of politics and there's guys in the NBA that shouldn't be in the NBA that's Kyle Kuzma a uh, hot rumor is though that Kuzma Montrez Harrell on the number 22 pick for Lowry on a sign-in trade <sighs> I mean I like it Only for the Lakers. I only like it for the Lakers. (laughs) I don't really like it for the Raptors. It does allow coups to start, but I just don't see that working with Nick Nurse. No. Don't see that. No,
1: hate it for the Raptors.
0: Hate it for the Raptors. Also, another news, news piece, Lost in the Hubbub about Ben Simmons was this piece that went under the radar from Doris Burke. It was on a podcast, and you know like when people talk on a podcast, no one fucking really like takes notes and transcribes it and puts it out under the ether unless like someone flags it. This hmm. is me right here flagging it. Cause I blogged it yesterday too. Doris Burke just buried Ben Simmons. Yeah. Buried him. She called him and I've never seen her do this. Like she's one of the nicest people. One of the most measured journalists I've seen. She called him shattered, simply not good enough, defiant, borderline arrogant, hard to watch, and unconfident. That is a cocktail of slanderous statements. Not untrue, so I guess they're not slanderous, but Jesus Christ, like, arrogant, defiant, shattered? What do you think about that, Marty? When Doris Burke is basically putting the nail in your coffin, are you dead?
1: It's a bad person to hear it from. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those people that she doesn't insult people very often, so when she does, yeah.
0: And she was, like, really, really strong and effusive in the way she said it. She said it like she was in pain saying it. Like she's been <laughs> thinking it for a long ass time. And she's just like he anytime anyone asked him whether he was good enough, he just like basically was so defensive and defiant about it that he's not willing to really change, especially given that after that game, he was like, I am who I am. It is what it is. Um She talked about this. And this is the part she pointed out that I thought was interesting, which was the most she said, tough to watch. Apparently, her, him and Joel were in transition in game seven. They're both at half court. They've got pace. All he has to do, in her opinion, is go behind his back, gain a little separation from Joel. If Joel rim runs to the front of the rim, something's going to happen. But instead, Ben's like, yo, you take the ball. You figure out what to do with it. Uh, to a guy that's seven feet tall, 240 pounds, uh, with like very little spacing. And it's like, I don't want to deal with this anymore. Like, yeah. This is your shit. And then she was like, and she said, I was in my hotel. And I'm like, oh, my God. Where have we gotten in terms of where he is mentally? That was really hard to watch. And now she says she's not sure what his real trade value is anymore. And the new news, new, new news is that Rich Paul is out there lying, saying that the Sixers are committed to him for the long term.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's not true. We know that's not true. Yeah. No way. He said the Sixers remain committed to Ben as a central piece of their franchise. I know we're reaching the point of Ben Simmons fatigue. I am. But like the news just keeps coming out. News just keeps coming out. Um, Kemba Walker got traded to the OKC Thunder. And we didn't really have enough time to talk about it in depth. But I want to say I love this for Kemba. I love this for Sam Presti. I think Sam Presti is now going to be like the property brothers. He's like, I take dilapidated properties. I fix them up and I flip them. I take Chris Paul. Shine him up. Shine him up. Ship him out the door. He goes to a contender. I think that's what he's going to do with Kemba. Already, we have a league source saying a Kemba Walker trade is already imminent. Holy shit. It is unclear whether the trade will occur before or after the beginning of the 2021-2022 season. Holy fuck, dude. Um, Like I said, my suspicion is that they're going to try to get him in L.A., and if... OKC can get the number 22 pick and the number 16 pick to rent Kemba for two months. I mean, is that maybe the greatest fleecing you've ever seen in your life?
1: That'd be nice. That'd be a nice pickup. Yeah,
0: <laughs> OKC. <laughs> and they got rid of Horford. You get right. Yeah, you get 16, 22. You get rid of a bad contract and all you have to do is rent this guy. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. No one complains about the OKC Thunder. They're just like maybe one of the best respected Front offices in the league, no?
1: Yeah, but at the same time, these picks have to cultivate, and they got six last night, so. They did. Yep. They
0: did. Um, reminds me to ask a question. Who are the top five executives to you, Marty, and myself in the NBA? The criteria Eesh. is they must be an executive like a GM or president of operations, or they can be somebody behind the scenes like Jerry West or Daryl Morey.
1: Okay, well, uh, I mean, you got to put Presty up there right now. Uh, Masai. Uh, James Jones is executive of the year. James Jones. Uh, and then yeah, I'll go Maury and uh, who am I rounding out with? Jerry West. Yeah,
0: love that. My top five: Sam Presty, James Jones, executive of the year. It's a tough between three and four. I've got Masai, I've got Worldwide West and Leon Rose. <laughs>
1: okay, yeah, I wasn't thinking about them. And
0: and five underrated: Travis Schlenk from Atlanta. Okay, fleecing Bogdan. Was huge. Yeah. The getting, stealing him from Milwaukee. Milwaukee would love him. I promise you right now. Holy fuck. Dante DiVincenzo. They would have ran through the nets, given the way that Bogdan has been. Also, some of the uh, some of the drafts that he's had getting DeAndre Hunter was really impressive. Like no one really had him high. Some people even in the tournament didn't know how good DeAndre Hunter was going to translate to the next level.
1: Yeah, it was a bit of a reach. A it was bit a bit of a, of a like, reach. He was going to go top 10, but yeah,
0: correct. Uh, underrated R.C. Buford, Pat Riley, sure. uh, Zach Kleiman from Memphis, Scott Perry from the Knicks. I guess you could put him with worldwide Wide West and Leon Rose and Troy Weaver from the Pistons, stealing fucking Jeremy Grant, making him the centerpiece and still go ahead and getting some pieces that are contributing right away. And they have the number one pick now, which will be really interesting. Um, that's all the time that we have for the this league podcast. Me and Marty next week are going to Phoenix. So we're going to be on the road uh, after Thursday, Friday's episode. Please subscribe, please rate, please review on Apple podcasts and on Spotify. Um, we have this league playoff merch on sale in the Barstool store. We have Suns in Four merch, which I have being sent to the Phoenix Airbnb right the second. We will be I will be wearing it all weekend or week or how long we're there, because I think the Suns are gonna be in the finals, obviously. No. Uh do not forget to follow us on at This League, at Trista Crick, on TikTok, on IG. Please follow us on YouTube, on Twitter and Facebook don't really care about Facebook that much, but I have to say it. Thank you for listening. Tune in on Monday evening for the next episode of This League. The bigger they call
2: Lois Lane, a skirt, skirt on him. Samuel Lane, Penny Lane, a skirt, skirt on him.